You don't see this very often. He was a shoe-in for the gold. Just two laps away, but a wrong turn cost him the medal. A Norwegian skier inexplicably crushed his Olympic dream. Is there more to the story, though? Jarl Magnus Rebert, who had just recovered from COVID, was leading the pack by a full minute in the 10-kilometer Nordic skiing competition. It's a race of endurance, but apparently it's also a mental game. Reber had just two laps to go to claim his gold, but as he was coming to the turn, instead of looping around to keep racing, he darted to the finish line. He lost all his time. He finished eighth. I've never seen anything like that. Reber's saying COVID played a part. Mentally, he just wasn't there. In any case, it's sad to see hard work kinned in vain. But that's all of us. Our works can't save us. Only Jesus can. By grace, you have been saved. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series called Grace Unshackled. As far as John Newton, William Wilberforce, and Olato Equiano were concerned, it was the grace of the Lord that brought about the end of the slave trade in England. Equiano was a former slave, but he bought his own freedom and then wrote a number of abolitionist works. They were autobiographies detailing the horrors of the Middle Passage and the atrocities he witnessed and suffered under the violent hands of slave traders. Newton and Wilberforce were abolitionists, but Newton was a former slave trader. Each of these men credited the grace of the Lord for empowering them to fight for the end of the slave trade. And Equiano, of course, praised the Lord for his being set free. It wasn't just these three, though, but these three were vital to the fight to end slavery where they lived. And they based their convictions on God's word. Dear God, I will not restrain myself from taking on this cause if it be your will. But you must show me plainly that it is. My energies, my very life could be consumed, and I would not invest myself without knowing it is your desire for me to do this. Give me a final sign, dear God. One more, and the matter will be put to rest in my mind. An actor portraying William Wilberforce, showing how challenging it was to stand up against the slave trade. What was the answer to that prayer we just heard? We'll find out when you listen to Wilberforce's story in the Amazing Grace radio drama. His is just one of the three individual stories you'll find on this five-CD collection. These stories are not only something to enjoy by yourself or with your family, but I've also heard of adults listening in their driveway after work because they needed to finish the scene before going inside, or children begging their parents to listen, whether they're going to bed at night or driving in the car someplace. This is a grace-filled entertainment that we all need in our lives today. So because this production was epic in size, it's a total of five hours, we're asking that you make a gift of a minimum of $35. But if you can be more generous, we'd sure appreciate that. This February has been a slow giving month, but the Lord can use your gifts to help us keep sharing this great story of Jesus. Our number to call after the program is 800 6 5-4-28-36, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us online and listen to samples from the radio drama. And our website 
is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open the program here with King's Kaleidoscope, Grace Alone. I was an orphan lost at the fall, running away when I'd hear you call. Father, you worked your will. I had no righteousness of my own. I had no right to draw near your throne. But Father, you loved me still. And in love before you laid the world's foundation, you predestined to adopt me as your own. You have raised me so high above my station. I'm a child of God by grace and grace alone. You left your home to seek out the lost. You knew the great and terrible cost. But Jesus, your face was set. I worked my fingers down to the bone But nothing I did could ever atone But Jesus, you paid my debt By your blood I have redemption and salvation Lord, you died that I might reap what you have sown And you rose that I might be Your touch, my sleeping spirit was awakened. On my darkened heart, the light of Christ has shown. Called into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Heaven citizen by grace and grace alone. So I stand with faith by Get up. Get up, confound you. Give him some grog, I said. You give him some grog. It's your responsibility. You frightened him with your threats. He's never seen a white man before. If you put him in the hold... I won't put him in the hold until I know he's sound in limb and constitution. Is there a problem, sailor? It's this savage, sir. What? This boy? He went into some sort of conniption and... Well, you can see for yourself. Uh, 
Is he dead? We won't take consignment of dead cargo. He's not dead, sir. He was frightened. No more. We don't have time for this nonsense. You may either revive him or remove him. I don't want slaves clattering up the deck. And hurry, we've work to do. Aye, sir. Well? Uh. Uh Aha. You see? He awakens. Put him in the hold with the others. He will not be so frightened there. You put him in the hold. I have work to do. Come along, child. Uh. There are people in the hold who speak your language. Quickly now and... Quietly. If you know what's good for you. A scene from the radio drama Amazing Grace that captures only a small part of the horrors of slavery. And it's from the story of Olado Aquiano, which tells how he was kidnapped from his homeland and forced to become a slave. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, a program called Grace Unshackled. All this week, we've been talking about slavery and how the Lord used key people to bring it to an end even a former slave, Equiano. Sadly, there were people many years ago who read the Bible and saw that slavery was mentioned there. They wrongly assumed that the transatlantic slave trade was all right. Paul talked to slaves and didn't tell them to fight for freedom, so he must have thought the slave trade was all right. Well, not quite. Newton, Wilberforce, Equiano... And all the abolitionists, both in the United Kingdom and the United States, did not think so. Slavery in the ancient world was harsh. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't just like working at a retail store or having a boss. Slaves had limited freedom and limited rights. But slaves did have the ability to learn and even to make money in their positions in some instances. Some slaves who served in wealthy households may have been better educated or had more than other slaves. But there's something more. Slavery wasn't man-stealing in the ancient world. John Newton, who captained a slave ship himself for many years and was even left in Africa as a slave for a period of time, attested to this. The transatlantic slave trade was man-stealing. They would either kidnap Africans outright or they would trick people into selling themselves or selling others. It was a bitterly corrupt system through and through. And it is important that I say this clearly. The men and women who participated in the slave trade were participants in a wicked institution. Newton, Wilberforce, Equiano, and so many others understood this, and they set their sights on bringing it to an end, not just for the sake of justice, but for their Lord's sake. To honor him with their political decisions meant fighting to end this nightmare, and they found the power to do it by God's grace. I can't think of a better place that tells us about the grace of the Lord than Ephesians 2. Ephesians, that book that's all about becoming one in Christ. But as Paul makes clear, there were still enormous walls there that had been built between Gentile and Jew. Enormous walls between people that were hindering them from living in unity with one another. Most of us getting together here on Haven today are Gentiles. So we don't experience the wall of hostility that existed between Jews and the rest of the nations. But we understand how walls of hostility work. The history of the slave trade and racism in the Western world tell us exactly how walls of hostility are built. When we value people that look like us, 
higher than people who don't look like us, we begin to make choices that show our heart. That many years ago, white Europeans didn't think of black Africans as human beings, so they thought they could own them and treat them like cattle. The wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile was not based on power and ownership, but worship. Some Jews in Paul's day didn't think the Gentiles were clean enough or holy enough to worship the Lord, so they despised them. Paul addressed this exact issue in Ephesians 2. But before he did, he made sure to remind everyone about the grace of the Lord. It starts with a very negative picture of humanity. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now that is Paul's description of humans, riddled with sin and deserving judgment. And that's true for all people. It was true for the Jews. It was true for the Gentiles. It's true of me and Yes, it's true of you. We all lived like this at one time, or maybe some of us are still living like this, and we are dead in our sins. Maybe we're good people, but we aren't following the Lord. Paul would say this word is for you. Sin cuts us off from the Lord, and it makes us deserving of judgment. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Paul goes from this overwhelming description of our sinfulness to the two greatest words in all the Bible, but God. Now, think about that with me, won't you? Paul says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. And then here's the famous line, and I know you've heard it. It is by grace you have been saved. But God, the two greatest words in the Bible, maybe. We were dead, but God. We were deserving of judgment, but God. We were following our own passions and enslaved to the prince of the power of the air, which of course is Satan, but God. God intervened to end our slavery to sin. And he did it through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And just as Jesus has died for our sins, we die to our old selves. Just As Jesus was raised to new life, we are raised to new life together with him. God's grace trumps our sin because of Jesus. By grace you have been saved. We can't repeat that enough times, Paul's words to us, and it's through faith. And that changes everything. It changes how you relate to the Lord. He is no longer someone you want to stay away from or run away from. He's now someone you want to be with. But it also changes how you treat others. Listen to a little more of how Paul makes this turn later in Ephesians 2. He himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace 
and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So you see, it's grace that overcomes sin. It's grace in Christ that overcomes our walls of hostility. It is not just a matter of taking the wall down. It's changing both sides of the wall into something new. Gentiles went from alienation and being despised to being accepted and loved. The Jews went from the special covenant people to members of a united body. The wall of hostility was gone, and both sides were changed by grace. And this was the hope of Newton and Wilberforce and Aquiano. They didn't just want the slave trade to end. The wall of hostility in England had to be broken down, and they wanted true unity. People needed to change. People then needed to see, especially Christians needed to see that they could be racists too. And their participation in this sinful institution was nothing less than a word we don't use much now, wicked. They needed to see the harm they had done. And they needed to realize that black Africans were people, not animals. And they were made in God's image. And in turn, those who had been sold into slavery needed to be freed from their alienation and hatred that had put them in chains. The law of the land needed to change. But more than that, the world needed unity. Well, we still have a long way to go. But the Lord's grace was powerful then. And you know what? It's still powerful now. Through Jesus, we can find true unity. And it all starts with Christ breaking down that wall, raising us up to new life. And then we look at others, not as our enemies because they're different, but as fellow human beings in need of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's going to bring you freedom. That's going to unshackle your soul. And that is going to free you to love others as the Lord has loved us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God, my 
version with a little few extra words added of Amazing Grace today, pentatonics, and Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. You're in a haven today where all week we've been sharing little excerpts from this radio drama called Amazing Grace, telling the story of John Newton, William Wilberforce, and Olato Aquiano. Three separate lives are brought together to be champions in their time. And you, Mr. Equiano, what is it that you do? I am about to embark on a new career as a writer and speaker. And of what will you write and speak? Of my life and experiences as a slave, Mr. Wilberforce. To stir the conscience of a nation. I mean not to accuse anyone, but to take the shame upon myself for having suffered this horrid business to be carried on under our authority. We are all guilty. For their generation and every generation that has followed. I wonder how I will fight. How this frail and feeble body will ever rise against a mountain of hatred, cruelty and greed. The only way such things are ever done, William, by the grace of God. Three amazing stories. One amazing grace. A montage from the radio theater production of Amazing Grace. These audio dramas are something really to share, especially with kids if you have them in your life, but also to enjoy for yourself. You'll learn a lot about this important time in church history, as well as the biblical truths that guided these three people a couple of hundred years ago. All three stories ultimately point to our great hope in Jesus. And this special collection called Amazing Grace has all three of these stories in separate productions on five CDs. And because it's like five hours in length total, it does cost us a little more to offer it. So we're asking that you make a minimum gift of $35. But if you can send more, all of that will be used to continue sharing the great story. That's all about Jesus. Now here's the number. Please call us right now. 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to the website. Listen to samples from the Amazing Grace radio drama. You can make your gift there too. Our web address is haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And in case you wanted it, but 
just haven't asked for it, we still have the Hidden in My Heart Scripture Lullabies collection for your gift as well. You can ask about that, or you can get it from us online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a wonderful weekend. Won't you come back again Monday? But again, we're going to share together the great story that's all about Jesus as we talk about prayer here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Have you ever waited for an invitation? Maybe you were a kid and couldn't wait to go to your best friend's birthday party. Or you were a little older and couldn't wait for your ticket to the big game on the weekend. We all have different places we want to go, people we want to see, and things we want to do. But so many things require a ticket or an invitation. But the ultimate destruction is freely offered to all people. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. This invitation is given to you. Won't you throw yourself in the mercy and grace of this loving God? Get Anchor Devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.